0: everybody hey what a wild year it was for formula one in 2021 and we are back here at the overtake f1 podcast to review it all it is our 2021 year in review we're gonna give you our top 10 stories of the season plus we're also going to take a look at some superlatives we're going to give out some awards for the last year in formula one i am tony naziri this is the overtake f1 podcast Before we get started, a big thank you to all of you who listened to this podcast last year. Thank you for making it way more successful than I thought it was going to be. I really do appreciate it. Uh, We're heading into 2022. I'm really excited about the season. I'm really excited about the new changes that are coming to the sport, and I'm really glad to be doing this once again. So this is how this is going to work. I'm going to give you my top 10 stories for 2021 based on my opinion on their level. Some of the stories that I'm going to mention you might not have in your top 10, some of them uh, may be lower on the list or higher on the list than you would have put them but this is kind of my personal top 10 for the 2021 season as we go over some of the bigger issues and bigger stories of the sport and then we're going to do some superlatives we're going to talk about gives out some awards if you will for the 2021 season all right so let's get started our top 10 stories is go 10 to 1 So we're going to start at the bottom and move our way up. And the number 10 story on my list is something pretty basic. You probably get this every single year when you do a year in review, but this was no different. And that's drivers on the move. Now, one story that was kind of getting old was the future of the Mercedes second seat, because everyone knew that George Russell was going to eventually be taking over and Valtteri Bottas was going to be out. But we just didn't know when, we didn't know where, we didn't know how. So we sort of been wondering all season long when Mercedes would make making that announcement. And then it finally happened. And when it finally happened, it also began a wave of who is going where and what about insert driver here. We had Kimi Raikkonen announcing his retirement. That opened up a seat at Alfa Romeo. That was filled by Valtteri Bottas when the announcement finally did come down. And then you had George Russell moving from Williams to Mercedes. So that left an opening at Williams. And that's where Alex Albon was able to return to the sport as he took over that ride partnering up with Nicholas Latifi at Williams. But that wasn't it. Antonio Giovinazzi was let go at Alfa Romeo. Guanajuato is going to be arriving into Formula One for this next upcoming season. And while a lot of teams remain the same, this was the movement that people were kind of wondering what was going to happen once Mercedes did announce that Valtteri Bottas was going to be out of that Mercedes seat. It was a story that was getting a little tiring, but it was a big one because of the superstar potential of George Russell in that Mercedes ride. We were wondering when, we got the when, and then all of the dominoes that followed. And I think Kimi Raikkonen announcing his retirement kind of in the middle of all that was his biggest story as well, because he was ending a very long career, a popular career, and yet there was still some movement that had to be done for the upcoming season. Number nine, and I'm going to admit, this is more personal for me. This might not be on your list, but it is for me, and that is the United States going wild for Formula One. Again, as an American broadcaster who loves Formula One, I am really excited about the growth, what's happening in the United States. I know it comes from Drive to Survive mostly, but anyone that becomes a fan of the sport is important to me. So I don't care how they do it. I'm just glad they're doing it. And to see 140,000 people show up at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas for a Grand Prix race really warmed my heart. It was not only a packed house for that race, qualifying at a huge crowd as well. And they got to see a good one as Max Verstappen won in Hamilton country. But for me, it was just the sight of seeing my home country showing the world that it was embracing Formula One. Look, there've been plenty of races in the United States, but the United States has always been kind of on the outside looking in. Yes, we had races at Watkins Glen and Detroit and Dallas and Phoenix, and you can name a whole bunch of them. But the reality of it is there is some sort of groundswell movement for the popularity of this sport. It's growing. It's not quite there. It's not quite where I think Liberty Media wants it, but it's growing. The numbers are going up in the ratings for the television. People are posting on social media, people that you didn't think were watching are watching. Celebrities are now more into it. It's one of the reasons I started this podcast to be sort of an American voice to the sport as best as I can. So to me, again, what I saw at Austin, Texas really excited me. In fact, I'll be going to Austin, Texas this uh, in 2022. I was really excited about that. I'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast. So the United States going wild for Formula One was my number nine story of the year. Number eight, And this one was, I could have moved it up a little bit. I just kind of left it where it was. And that was Lando's close call. Sochi was set up to be a historic race for Lando Norris. Uh, But then the rains came. Norris took the lead of the Russian Grand Prix at lap 13, pretty much had it for most of the race. But then on lap 47, it started to rain. And it was raining in certain areas of the track, and it wasn't raining in other parts. So Norris thought he could beat it out. Lewis Hamilton, though, running in P2 behind Norris, mostly concentrating on where Max Verstappen was pitted for inters. Valtteri Botas had pitted earlier. They kind of saw the data that it was really helping. So Hamilton came in for pits. And then when McLaren asked Norris if he wanted to come in for tires, he said, no. And Hamilton did, and then Norris slid off the track, a few laps remaining in the Grand Prix. The win was gone. Hamilton would take the checkered flag. Max Verstappen in that championship battle came in second because he went in for interest too. It was a heartbreak for the young superstar. I really felt gutted for him. I know Lando is popular around the world. It was so close. It was right there. It would have been second win for McLaren on the season, but the rains came and sort of spoiled the Lando Norris party. Number seven, the wild race at Hungary. This Grand Prix still baffles me even after all of these months. This one had it all. You had a Mercedes front row lockout in qualifying. They would be on mediums. Verstappen, Sergio Perez, the other drivers were on softs. We wondered how that would play out. This was sort of the big, you know, talking point after Saturday. But then Sunday morning came and it was raining. So everybody was on enters. So that threw that completely out the window but then valtteri botas got caught up in a multi-car crash at the start of the grand prix taking out a whole bunch of cars lewis hamilton ended up being the only car on the grid after the red flag restart after going around a couple of laps other drivers started noticing maybe we should go in for slicks hamilton stayed out on interest he was the only one that did he was the only car to get the start everybody else had to start from the pit lane He was a sit and duck. Esteban Ocon took the lead of the race. He was chased the entire Grand Prix by Sebastian Vettel. Fernando Alonso put on a masterclass of defending Lewis Hamilton's hard charge to the front once Hamilton came in for slicks and started to move his way through the field. But then after the race, so just when you thought, "Here's, here's Esteban Ocon, he's won his first Grand Prix, Alpine is going crazy, Sebastian Vettel, Aston Martin, hey, a P2, congratulations. Oh, wait, hold on, not enough fuel in the car, and he was later disqualified. I, I don't think I've seen a race that had more things attached to it outside of the race itself than what happened in her, in Hungary in 2021. So the wild race at the Ngara Ring was number seven on my top 10 stories of the year. Number six, uh, this was kind of a feel-good story if you're a Max Verstappen fan, and that was the homecoming. Um, the formula one series returned to Zandvoort for the Dutch Grand Prix. It was the first race there since 1987. Max Verstappen was going to be racing in his home country in front of his hometown fans. And let's be honest, no matter how he finished, it was probably going to be a celebratory weekend. I mean, the formula one was back in the Netherlands and Max Verstappen was racing in front of everybody in this country. And boy, did he put on a show? He won qualifying. He got the fastest lap. He won the Grand Prix by a mile. Max and Lewis were on the front row. Once they got into Tarzan, though, it was over. Verstappen jumped out to a lead, left everybody in the dust. A celebration ensued across the country. The homecoming, the Dutch Grand Prix, was my number six story of the year. All right, now we're heading to the top five stories of 2021. Number five, Lewis Hamilton dominating in Brazil. This was a performance for the ages by Lewis Hamilton and probably the best weekend of his career when you give give the circumstances, some of the new twists to that weekend, because this was a three act play. It began on Friday when Lewis Hamilton won pole for the sprint race that was going to be run on Saturday. However, his rear wing failed post-race inspection, and he had to start the sprint race in the back. Now, this is the first year we were doing sprint races, so he had an opportunity to make up what he lost from failing post-race inspection. So... He was also taking a grid penalty for an engine upgrade for Sunday's Grand Prix. So it meant wherever he finished Saturday in the sprint race, he was going to move five spaces back for the race on Sunday. So he started from the back on Saturday. The sprint race was run and he moved himself up the field and he finished fifth. That meant for the Grand Prix on Sunday, he would be starting 10th. So he had to move himself up through the field again. And he did. He took that rocket ship around in our Lagos and he won the Grand Prix. So all of the drama, all of the fighting that he had to do on the track. He wins the Grand Prix. He tightens the championship with up with Max Verstappen. It was kind of a must win situation almost. I know they were going to three races in the Middle East, but you didn't want Max Verstappen to win that race. And then you find yourself way behind needing almost a minor miracle. So the performance by Lewis Hamilton at Interlagos was my number five story of the season. All right, number four, and that's the crash at cops. I mean, there have been so many moments between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton that really kind of, identified the championship battle, but I think this is the moment. This is the image that I'll remember from these two. Yep, they tangled at Monza. They had a little bit of a run-in in in Saudi Arabia, and, of course, the final lap at Abu Dhabi. There were others, but I think this is the moment that defined the Hamilton-Verstappen rivalry for 2021, and that was the moment that Verstappen's Red Bull went flying off the track at Silverstone and into the wall after colliding with Hamilton at Cop's Corner. The two would tangle at other places, as I mentioned before, but this was the biggest. Verstappen went in at 51 G's, taken to a nearby hospital. Hamilton would go on to win the Grand Prix. After taking a penalty, he would pass Charles Leclerc, win on his home track. But boy, the two teams really started to escalate the wording and the the vitriol. It was really starting to become a very, very heated rivalry after the crash at Cops. Again, a lot of moments to talk about between those two drivers, but that to me was the biggest. Number three, and this is not a good one. This was rain, rain, go away. The second half of the season got off to a controversial start when Formula One went to Belgium because rain poured down on the track all day Sunday, and it was causing the series to call the race based on just qualifying from Saturday. No race laps were on the board. They even gave half points to the top 10, including George Russell, who had one of the best qualifying laps on record, and he earned a podium finish, even though Sunday's was a washout. This was hard because, again, you had a break. You were building up momentum for this incredible rivalry. New fans were coming in all the time, right? We're waiting a month for the season to start again. They go to Belgium. It's one of the more iconic tracks. It's a lot of people's favorite, including mine. Rain comes, we can accept it, but the outcome of what happened on Sunday, even if there wasn't any alternative to race on Monday or come back and race at another time or whatever it was, there just wasn't any other options. However, I think the controversy was in two spots. I think one Having a podium in front of fans that paid good money for a Grand Prix that didn't exist. To have Max Verstappen and, and the drivers celebrating, I just think was a very, very bad look. And two, I think the second thing was the awarding of half points. We were talking world championship points. I went nuts over this. I didn't like it. I know half points had been awarded at other Grand Prix's in the past for races that were shortened, but not one that was completely non, not run. I, I didn't like that at all. I don't think you earn championship driver points for qualifying. And I don't, I mean, listen, I had my problems with the sprint race this season. I, I kind of liked it at times where there are things I didn't like. And I didn't think awarding championship points for that was, uh, was an issue either, but this really, really kind of bothered me um, I didn't want the world championship to be decided by qualifying on a on a wet track at Spa on a Saturday. I just didn't. Th- and, and to be honest with you, it kind of ended up happening that way. I mean, who knows what the race would have done, but it could have it could have been it could have altered the championship. Uh, but that was my third story of the season. I don't think it was a good one for Formula One, but I take the good with the bad with the sport. So number three was the rain out at Spa. Number two, and this was a feel-good story for the sport, and this was something that captivated the world, and that was McLaren dominating at Monza. Daniel Ricciardo winning the Italian Grand Prix. Never left. That's what he said afterwards never left Lando Norris though finished second the race featured the two championship contenders crashing into one another at the first turn chicane Verstappen's car ended up on top of Hamilton but whatever McLaren went one 2 one of the most popular drivers in the world in any series you can go to any sports series uh, and one of the most popular drivers is Daniel Ricciardo he was a winner again first time he was on top of the podium since Monte Carlo in 2018 it was a feel good race you could feel it through social media people genuinely love this He was kind of of the star of the documentary so again people were kind of gravitating towards him anyway but he's got a great personality he is a championship level driver and he was on top of the podium for McLaren But of course, the number one story of 2021, and I don't think any of you found this surprising at all. It was clearly the top story of the year, probably by a mile, and that was the decision made at Abu Dhabi. Michael Massey, at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, defined the championship, no question about it, and got people's attention, even outside the sport. You had people who had no idea what Formula One was about wanting to know what this was. If there was one question, people who know that I was a big Formula One fan, it was one question I got, which was, please explain what happened at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And you know what? I tried my best to explain it, and it still was painful to bring up. Max Verstappen was driver of the year. He earned a championship. No question. I'm not taking it away from him at all. And I was kind of pulling for him in the end. I really don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a Ferrari guy. But in the end, I was kind of pulling for Verstappen. I wanted to see a new name on top of that uh, of that driver ch- world championship list. But I still have not really, really come to peace with what happened at the end of that race. Massey, knowing that Lewis Hamilton was on older tires and Max Versteppen had fresh softs, Went green for one lap One racing lap And really defined the championship There was no chance of Hamilton holding off Verstappen on fresh tires There just wasn't Um, He surely knew Verstappen was going to win the race He was going to pass eventually I mean, sure, anything can happen But he had to know that there was a very good percentage That Verstappen was going to pass Hamilton Win the race and claim the world championship That was it And that was the decision he made They're still looking into it As of this recording There has been an inquiry into the ending of that Lewis Hamilton is still very upset about it. As of this recording of this podcast, it did confuse a lot of people. NASCAR champion, Kyle Larson had no idea what was happening. I mean, he's a racer, so he kind of gets the rules, but even he was left perplexed. It gave a lot of race fans, a thrilling finish. No doubt about it. If there was one Grand Prix ending, I was screaming at, and I know many of you were doing the same thing. It was this one. Once they announced that they were going to go green, I went ballistic. I thought it was You know, excited. I was screaming, yelling. My son is a Max Verstappen fan. He was screaming all the way at Florida. So we were sharing this moment on the phone, but it confused people as well. It wasn't a great look for the sport to have that kind of controversy close out your world championship. I equated it to the Super Bowl. with kind of changing the rules in overtime of a Super Bowl. You don't do it all season, but then when you get to the biggest game of the year, you all of a sudden go, yeah, we're just doing it this way now. And the teams are confused and the fans are confused. And everybody's kind of wondering if you're even allowed to do that. And in this case, he kind of was allowed to do that. But whether he should have or not still is a controversial decision. But one by a mile, and that is the championship controversy at Abu Dhabi. Those are the top 10 stories of the year. All right, this is our award segment for our, again, 2021 year in review. I'm going to give you some sort of nominees for different categories and give you my thoughts on who is the winner. All right, we're going to start with the best race of the season. And the nominees are Abu Dhabi, Bahrain, and the Italian Grand Prix. Now, I could pick Abu Dhabi, but it was so controversial and it didn't sit well with a lot of you. I'm throwing that out. Bahrain to open up the season was absolutely thrilling. And it was my race of the year in our midseason awards. But the winner of the best race of the year was the Italian Grand Prix. I think to have McLaren won two, Daniel Ricciardo, popular driver on the podium, back to winning races. And you had Hamilton and Verstappen like on top of each other in turn one. The Italian Grand Prix at Monza was uh, my best race of 2021. The worst race, the nominees are Austria. Take either one. I don't care. Styrian, Austrian Grand Prix. I don't care. Monaco and Belgium. And the worst race by a mile. That goes to Belgium because they didn't even have a race. How can you have the worst? How can you have a, you know, well, how can you call yourself a Grand Prix if you don't have a Grand Prix? Belgium was the worst race of the season because we didn't see any racing. We saw drivers standing around waiting for the rain to go away, going around the track with spray all over the place. And then them going, yeah, it's over. Bye. Everybody pack up and leave. The number three, and that is the driver of the year. Uh, anyone else is, is a nominee, Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton, and this is going to Verstappen. He was the championship driver of 2021. I love the fact that Lewis Hamilton made it a real race and had it, had it in his hands, winning those last races of the season. But Max Verstappen really had it going from the get-go. Uh, he is the driver of the year. He is the world champion. Really, nobody's arguing that. And then he wins the award for that one. Number four, the most shocking result. We had Monza, given that McLaren went one-two. Baku, when Lewis Hamilton missed the magic button, and that was one. Uh, that race ended up being won by Sergio Perez, and then of course Abu Dhabi. I think the most shocking result was Abu Dhabi. I mean, yeah, I did scream when Hamilton just went off the track at Baku into turn number one, failing to uh, you know break properly. But Abu Dhabi really set that excitement and energy up a notch when they announced that they were going to go green and that it wasn't going to end on a yellow, and that the lapped cars had gotten, behind, uh, gotten past Hamilton, the five lap cars, the chosen five, and it was Verstappen and Hamilton dueling it out for one lap. Controversial or not, whether, you, whether it sits well with you or not, I think it was the most shocking result of the season. Abu Dhabi wins that category. Number five, the most memorable moment, and there's a number of them. Silverstone's crash, as I mentioned earlier, Hamilton's magic button, Massey's decision at the season finale. This was really close because I think there's still that image of Max Verstappen going into the wall at Silverstone. that still is sort of going to be remembered for a very, very long time. But I think the most memorable moment of 2021 was Massey's decision in the finale. Abu Dhabi is really going to be in the record books, in the history books, as one of the more controversial auto races of all time in any sport. The way that went down. Again, we are in January, mid January. We still haven't really figured out what happened, how it happened, et cetera. Still being investigated. The most memorable moment was that moment when you realized, as a Formula One fan watching that Grand Prix, that the five chosen cars were going to pass Lewis Hamilton and that Max Verstappen on fresh, soft tires had a chance to win the Grand Prix and the World Championship, and Hamilton on old, hard tires didn't stand a chance. The most memorable moment, Massey's decision in the finale. Best team of 2021? uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull. I gave this to Red Bull. They are the champs. Uh, they had a real consistent season. Mercedes though, really, I mean, they won the constructors. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I'm not looking at constructors and I'm not looking at statistics. I'm sort of getting a feel for the season, the feel for the season that Red Bull always seemed to have it. Yeah, sure. There were races that they, you know, Verstappen had DNFs and whatnot, but that was, you know, crash at Hungary where he finished like, Ninth, you know, running around a damaged car, the DNF at Baku where the tire was a failure. Red Bull was, you know, just consistent in a championship pursuit of the mighty, mighty Mercedes. They were the best team of 2021, the most surprising team. And here are the candidates: Alpine, McLaren, Ferrari. Now I chose Ferrari, but this is hard because Ferrari, you know, is is coming off a really, really bad 2020. But you know, outside of the scandal, they do produce a championship level team. But I chose Ferrari because 2020 was really bad because of of that season, how horrible it was, and them bouncing back like they did to take P3 and the constructors. It was a battle as a Ferrari fan I was watching, but as a sport fan I was watching as well, them battling it out with McLaren. They had a really, really good second half of the season. I think Charles Leclerc is going to win a race or two with the new regulations in 2022. Carlos Sainz might even win a race, but Ferrari is my most surprising team of 2021. Uh, Number eight, the most disappointing team well, here are the candidates, Williams, Haas, and Aston Martin. I took Williams immediately off the board. They had a better season than a lot of people thought. Uh, Williams got some points with George Russell. Nicholas Latifi even got a, a point. I mean, now, yeah, there were certain circumstances, but Williams, you're off the board for that one. Haas, they made no bones about it. They weren't even you know doing anything for 2021. They were just riding around with their two rookie drivers. So how can you be disappointing if you never set up expectations? But I do think Aston Martin deserves this. They had a new team name, new colors. Sebastian Vettel was on board. They never really showed much consistency. So they are the most disappointing team of 2021. All right, number nine, the worst controversy. Here are the candidates. The Silverstone crash, Flexi Wings, Massey's decision. Silverstone crash was bad because it really highlighted the danger of the sport. And again, the war of words really started to escalate between the two teams, Red Bull and Mercedes. You had drivers from the past chiming in on what they thought you had Verstappen questioning Hamilton's celebration when he was in the hospital. It was not a good look. Flexi wings was a, Ridiculous controversy that was sort of Amplified by Mercedes They threatened to take it to the highest court In the world, it was, It then it became Kind of nothing, it was just a rule that was in place And that went. That kind of went away Massey's decision though, that's the worst Controversy, again when you're confusing Drivers and, and, and other Racing series uh, You got some explaining to do, this was Again, uh, something that just Confused many people outside the sport It confused people in the sport It did allow for a large conversation all right, there's that old cliche, every you know, no publicity is bad publicity, and I understand that. I think this one, though, was. I, I, I didn't like this. I, Formula One had some explanations, but it didn't really sit well with a lot of people. It was the worst controversy of 2021. The best feel-good story of the season? Well, here are the candidates. Esteban Ocon wins at Hungary. Verstappen wins at Zandvoort in front of the home crowd. And Daniel Ricciardo wins at Monza. I got to give it to Danny Rick, winning at Monza. Really felt good about that one. Again, I love that quote at the end. Never left. Esteban Ocon is a Grand Prix winner. Never going to take that away from him. And what Verstappen did in front of the home crowd, that's all you can ask, right? All of the great things that he did at Zandvoort. But Daniel Ricciardo uh, made a lot of people around the world very, very, very happy. And McLaren fans, uh, very happy as they won uh, for the first time in a while. All right, number 11, and this is my final one, and this is the Sour Taste Story of the Year. I don't mean to end this uh, this awards segment on a negative note, but I didn't even have any candidates for the Sour Taste Story of the Year, and that was social media's reaction to certain events in Formula One. It's, it's the genie that's out of the bottle, it, cat out of the bag, whatever cliche you want to use. It's never going back in. So this is something we're going to have to live with. But the hate and the racism that was directed at Lewis Hamilton after Silverstone was despicable. The death threats for Nicholas Latifi at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix were even more despicable. I mean, we got to slow down as a society. I know we want to rush to Twitter and we want to rush to social media and whatever platform it is because we're angry and we're bitter and we want everybody to know about it. But it really was nasty But like I said, the genie's out of the bottle and it's not going back in. So we're just going to have to just condemn it where we see it. All right. 2022 should be a very, very exciting year. Just before preseason testing, we'll do our season preview that should be coming up in February. Thank you all for listening. Once again, I'm really excited to go into season number two of the Overtake F1 podcast. I'm Tony Deziri. Again, subscribe to the channel if you like what we're doing. We should have a really exciting year coming up again. Thanks for listening. This is the Overtake F1 podcast.